this is Sylvester McCoy. Uh, you're listening to Who Made Who and uh, Me Made Me. And uh, my mother and father did the same. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Don't touch anything. Yeah, well, maybe I don't play by the rules. Did you practice those lines in the mirror? You are a very funny little bonus. We're about to die. I will keep you alive and I will get you back home. new episode of Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight back talking another episode of Woo. Doctor Who Series 11, The Ghost Monument, Ben, just in time for Dinglelofty. I uh, know. Oh, you went back and looked it up. <laughs> I did. I did indeed. Uh, uh, here in the United States, we call it Halloween. No less yeah. of a goofy name, though, really. <laughs> Both actually relatively fairly silly names, but uh, you know what? Nothing all that spooky about Doctor Who this week. I thought they were going to do. Uh, look, there's actually they've still got a couple of uh, episodes I think before true uh, Halloween hits. So, oh, yeah, I think yeah. they're maybe they're just warming up uh, for the yeah. and next week's episode appears to be not Halloween related at all. So. Uh, maybe they're going to save it for the week after. We'll see. And also, uh, there's only one Halloween special I'm looking forward to this year, and weirdly enough, it's the Goldbergs. Oh, really? The the whatever it is, the Fox sitcom. Yeah, because it, it it has Freddy Krueger played by Robert England. Oh in my it. god! Yeah, I saw you post. Uh, you guys were posting stuff about that on Facebook. I'm so excited about that. They do a really good job of. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched the show, but I know that they do a really good job of getting. Um, you know, cameos and stuff for the oh, yeah, yeah. time time specific period uh, of the show, like which is I don't know, like late seventies, early eighties. No, no, it's nineteen eighty something. Oh, is it nineteen eighty something? So yeah. is that is that specifically done so they can just do whatever they can just toss it in there? Yep, uh, it works. Uh, do you know, it's I mean, you know, sitcoms are hardly highbrow, and that certainly isn't the most highbrow sitcoms, but it's a fun show. Yeah. It really is. Welcome to the Goldbergs podcast, everybody. Yeah, let's do that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Doctor Who for this week. Uh, before we do that, actually, you know what? Let's thank the good people of Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets. Uh, head on over to uh, the website. Click on that link at the top of the page. Pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. And now we can talk about Doctor Who officially several <laughs> minutes in to the Doctor Who <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's talk about what happened this week uh, and then discuss. The Doctor and her new friends are rescued from deep space, very conveniently, I might add, shortly after arriving in the vacuum, uh, by two different pilots and two different ships, Angstrom and Epzo, aliens competing in an intergalactic competition that is playing out across the stars, caught up 
in the aliens contest, the group joins them in their final challenge, a trek across a deadly planet to reach the ghost monument, which is of course the finish line, a mystical box that the doctor quickly recognizes as her TARDIS. While initially curious as to why the planet is so openly hostile and seemingly deserted, they soon discover that it was ravaged by a lethal science experiment or multiple science experiments turned into a testing ground for the Stenza, those toothy-faced guys we saw in episode <laughs> one. Uh, they wanted to develop weaponry, uh, and the scientists eventually... Uh, is the story here they tried to fight back or something, and they basically just laid the planet to waste? Yeah, it looks like that. I, I, I'm not sure they ever really properly bottomed that out, actually. No, they did not. Uh, the team eventually reached the site of the Ghost Monument. Angstrom and Epso are declared joint winners of the competition, and the Doctor is reunited with her TARDIS, which is now sporting, of course, a new look. Uh, ben, what did you think of our second outing? Um, I I am again at odds with the critics. I think it was decidedly mediocre. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, it may even have been slightly subpar. Uh, the, the the good things, I think, I'm I am actually enjoying the new look. Uh, the, the obviously we we discussed last week that the aesthetics changed partly because of the um, the way it's being shot, and partly because obviously the, the sort of stylistic choices by uh, Chibnall's team, but. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, actually, I'll say this: Bradley Walsh, reasonable job, um, pretty, pretty believable in it. Uh, didn't see too much of um, Ryan, I suppose, really. And Yasmin was um, a kind of also ran as well. Um, but the problem is still: I know we're only two episodes in. That probably, probably just under half of J.D. Whittaker's scenes contain her doing. <sighs> as I say, kind of insincere performance, for lack of a better term. Mm. Um, it, it, people are going, oh, yeah, but, you know, the zaniness sort of stuff reminds me a bit of... Um, uh, of uh, Not Matt Smith, da uh, David Tennant. Mm. And I get that, and I agree. But the th difference was, when David Tennant was doing that, you kind of... I don't know, it, maybe it was just me. I bought that his doctor was actually going th through whatever the thought process was that he was... Um, sort of voicing out loud. He had no internal monologue. Um, mm -hmm. At the minute, I'm still... It does sound like she's sort of doing the... And I'm reading this, and this is the thing that I will say next, and then this is... This, and it it just jars, and I don't get it, because I've now... I've gone back and watched a bit more of her um, pre-Who stuff, mm -hmm. and that's not the sort of actor she is. Um, I, I just... Ah, I'm just not feeling that she's two episodes in. It's It's not yet... A role that she seems comfortable in, yeah. and I think that the problem is it's 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 highlighted in this episode because this is it's almost like the second part of the regen because the first part is obviously her regeneration. This episode is it's kind of leading up to the TARDIS. If when you hear about the Ghost Monument, you don't immediately assume it's um, the TARDIS. There's probably something wrong with you, um, but the there was nothing unpredictable in this episode. There was nothing particularly creative in this episode. Um, nothing really got pushed forward. It was simply a way of doing a gradual um, build-up to here's the new TARDIS. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is when there's so little distracting you from the fact this is just a plot device, uh, 
you you rely heavily on the quality of the performances you're seeing and if those performances are lacking in some way then it, it really screams you know off the screen at you um i did like some of the um inventions if you like within the uh within the episode and mm-hmm. you know there was there was some amusement to be found from the self-lighting uh cigar and so on and and what have you but i <sighs> I'll tell you the big, big problem is it's it, at the minute. I know people go, oh, but it's a kids' show, and we always argue, don't we, that it, it's it, it's kind of it bridges the gap. The first two episodes of this have felt like it's returned to being a kids' show, without the gap bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, in fact, let me agree. Well, I'm going to agree and disagree with you. We, I think we, on the core of this episode, I think we agree a lot. Uh, Jody Whitaker for me is still working. Mm. Um, again, it's like a maybe it's a personal taste thingy. I don't know. I I still like her a lot, uh, but I mean, I also agree with you that she's still figuring things out. And mm. uh, you know, we sort of saw this with Capaldi as well. It sort of took a little bit of time for him to fall into exactly oh, how he was going to play his character. Unfortunately, it also seems this is a habit with Doctor Who is that once they once they finally fit in that's usually their last season absolutely uh, once they fi- <laughs> like once they find the perfect pattern like oh well that's it for you we got to move on uh for now though i i think she's okay i thought it was weirdly disjointed that mm-hmm. uh ryan the the guy with uh dyspraxia was able mm-hmm. to just pick up a gun run out there and just shoot down some alien robots. He's no good with ladders, but, you know, <laughs> no. taking down a rifle range, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, running out with moving targets that also have guns in a life or death situation. I mean, I, I will chuckle when uh, the doctor is like, look, no, we're not going to use guns. We're going to use our heads. And he goes, no, look, trust me, Call of Duty. I've trained for this, which got me a chuckle because... Yeah, like what I would have laughed harder at is if he went out there and was immediately shot and had to go back in would have, would have made a much funnier scene, but I still chuckled at it. I also chuckled like right early on. Um, uh, they were in, uh, I can't remember if it, I think the, the male alien was Angstrom. Uh, he, I mean, neither of these looked like aliens. They were just humanoids. Now, uh, the the main ones up. So, uh, so the male one, rather uh, the females Angstrom. Okay. So the male is up. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's been a week since I watched this. Uh, yeah, me too. And these characters disappear like right after I, I watch it. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're like in his really junky ship and she makes some crack about Antiques Roadshow, which also got a chuckle out of me. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, and like I said, she works for me, but I agree with you that uh, this is like the second part of a two part regen episode where this is. Here's the stuff that we have to go through in the first episode to give us the team and the introduce the new doctor. And this is the episode where here's the stuff that we have to get through in order to get to the TARDIS at the end. Uh, there was really not a lot here and there was even less. I agree with you as well that the, the group, uh, Graham, Ryan and, and Yaz were just kind of there, which I hope is not uh going to be uh i hope it's more of a bug and less of a feature in the show yeah that yeah because the 
the companion group is bigger that they're going to have a harder time uh it'll be okay to like leave Yaz out for a little bit and do an episode that focuses way more on Graham or Ryan and then another episode Ryan's less focused on and we get more about Yaz I think their biggest problem would be if they try to do everything with them every episode they each get something which is going to end up I think diminishing everybody so hopefully yeah. it's a balancing act uh we'll see how they handle it going forward uh for me can you uh, go ahead sorry go on. no I was going to say can you can you remember um, when the remnants have got them trapped on the on the surface before the um cigar moment mm-hmm. um the one of them says something to the doctor some revelation about something that um is in her brain yeah and I can't for the life of me remember what it was and I just remember thinking at the time I heard it oh I, I think we're supposed to understand what this is driving at and I didn't and it's never mentioned again and I've read I don't know maybe five or six uh synopses of this episode to see if anyone else has made a note of it nobody has and I can't find it anywhere and I, I, it obviously wasn't that memorable either. no I also have the vague recollection of this without any of the specifics yeah so maybe I mean, that, it was... that's, that suggests a, a, another slight sort of weakness to me a little bit because yeah. you know I know I know Chibnall said he's not going to do the the big arc thing which I'm kind of relieved about but it would be useful if there was a point being made if it were made in a sufficiently right. um, memorable way for it to actually stick in my brain which is interesting by the way that he says that because this is now the second episode where the Stenza have been noted mm. Uh, mm. so what are the odds uh. I am the other thing I'm at odds with here is uh maybe the first time in a while here I don't really dig the TARDIS look. Didn't didn't do no. it. For, didn't do it for me at all. Uh I thought it was <coughs> weird. They've got some sort of weird like rocky formation like uh mm-hmm. uh oh, it's killing me now that I can't remember the name of it. Kind but of that volcanic. place the place they always yeah. shot Star Trek uh scenes in in uh, the desert out in like uh Vegas or whatever. Yeah. Uh it's kinda got like those uh oh man, now it's it was right on the tip of my tongue. Vasquez rocks. It's got like yeah. a Vasquez rocks kind of look. Uh it's really dark in there. Like darker than Capaldi's TARDIS it's was. It's a lot smaller as well. I was I mean, I was thinking, look, I mean we don't need to we don't have to do the the really clean and ultra bright TARDIS of the original run of Doctor the Colin Who. Baker run or even yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, which was essentially the we don't have a lot of money to spend on this set look. Mm. Uh we don't have to go back to something quite that bright and quite uh that clean. But mm. I was expecting I mean, I don't know, maybe it was the fact that she's kind of got like rainbow suspenders and she seems a little bit lighter and brighter that maybe the TARDIS would be a little more reflective of that and we'd get a little bit of a brighter mm. or maybe some more color or something in the TARDIS, but not really. It's dark and blue and kind of orangey. Uh, some of the gizmos on the on the <laughs> control panel were neat. I think it's weirdly self-referential that the TARDIS has a spinning TARDIS like in it. 
That was bizarre, wasn't it? It was I a little that. weird. Like they, it was like they just took a toy and put it in it's there. It's like they'd been to a merch desk at a con yeah. and thought, "Hey, that's pretty cool. Let's have that." Uh, I, I, the custard cream dispenser is uh, is a good thing. The the what? Uh, the custard cream um, biscuit. Oh, okay. Oh, I was gonna the, say, yeah, yeah, the, the biscuit dispenser. If yeah. you guys would prefer, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we when we watch Doctor Who, we we watch it in a British, uh, <laughs> in a in a mindset. So when that happened. We we were all like biscuit dispenser because we know yeah. the we know the words we're pretending we're posers Ben <laughs> but we we know, know the phraseology. I've never understood it, you guys. You always have to you, obviously you think of it in proper English and then you have to translate it before you say it. It's a very inefficient way of uh, living your life, Americans. Yeah, that's how we do, <laughs> making it harder than it needs to be. Uh, I'll, I'll you know what that is the one thing I liked about the TARDIS when that happened because they do this great she like presses a button or pulls a switch and a biscuit and or cookie, depending on where you're from slides down like a shoot. And then the camera just does this pan up and she's got this awesome look on her face. Like, yes, like, yeah. I've wanted this forever. Uh, <laughs> it's like the person who wants like a chocolate milk dispenser in their house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was actually the, 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 the best part of the TARDIS reveal. Cause the rest of the time I was like, <laughs> I don't think I like it. I feel I felt like one of those old doctors when they show up in the new doctor's TARDIS and they're like, "You've redecorated." I don't like it. Uh, yeah, this is the first time where I'm like, I don't really like it. It's interesting that it's so much smaller. I wonder if that. I, I mm-hmm. really am wondering if there might be some budget problems with this season. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, or maybe they're just transferring some of that budget to different parts of the show. Um, mm, it's it's hard to say. I think a lot of stuff, with the exception of the uh, the assassination sheets in this episode, which did not look particularly good, everything else kind of looked pretty good to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I, I always think sci-fi um, looks better when it's well-lit. I know there's a kind of trope within science fiction to have everything dark and gloomy, but... Um, yeah, they shot this out in uh, South Africa, I think, this episode, and mm-hmm. um, you know the, the whole thing had a, a really strong, heavy, uh, uh, bright light to it. So the contrast may be that when they step into the TARDIS, because they're coming straight out of um, you know this sort of bright, uh, overly exposed desert scape, mm-hmm. I do wonder whether it just seemed kind of darker and gloomier in there than. It would have done otherwise, but it, it, it's an odd, it's an odd aesthetic choice, and I, I agree with you in the sense it does jar with um, her regeneration. But then uh, you know you go online and you only have to be looking for about twenty seconds before you find someone saying just because she's a woman doesn't mean it's got to be pink and fluffy. You know, well, no, no, of course also, not. Also, not looking like the inside of a pumice stone would be good as well. So yes. somewhere between those two things would be lovely. Yeah, I really don't want to. Yeah, I I don't want anyone to think that I think it should be girlied out, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I, I certainly don't believe in that. You sort you of... said off air that it should look like the inside of the bottle for my dream of genie. I heard you. Say... <laughs> I mean, I certainly like. I don't. I mean, I don't raise my girls that way. Like they like what they like, and sometimes what they like is not what toy marketers would like for them to like so and i you know so i don't care it doesn't have to look like uh the inside of a barbie dream house for me for me to buy it i just thought with like you know the costuming and everything and her performance it feels like they're very at odds like this is her home essentially 
and they feel very at odds with each other. She's very light and bubbly and kind of colorful a little bit, and her home is essentially a cave dungeon, is sort of what it feels like to me. Just dark and rocks and barely lit. Uh, I don't know. It didn't work for me. I I didn't like the look. Uh, Do you think this will be one of the the seasons where we... um explore the because it's been a little while now since we've had a, a an episode in the TARDIS um, and, yeah, and some I mean, of those episodes are really Smith, strong really. yeah I was going to say I think uh, since I'd... Matt Smith or no, no no we did one with Peter Capaldi right yeah we did we did one with Capaldi yeah I, I wonder if we, we're going to get to have a bit of poke around this TARDIS because um, it may be that it's really deliberately jarring and maybe there's a reason for it I suppose but... ah, maybe but but it is really odd. If if that's not the case, if that's not a conscious decision for that reason, then it, it is a very odd redesign. It is. Um, yeah, I. Uh, it's gonna. I'm I'm not down on the show so far because I'm also smart enough to know that two episodes into a new season with a new showrunner and a new cast, mm. that there's gonna be bumps in the road. So I know to be to be cautious enough to not be like the show isn't working for me. Two episodes in, it's it's not bad, but it's also not really good. It's also it's kind of just there so far. But then again, these two episodes have felt like they should have been like one big two parter where the mm. the group comes together and then they find the TARDIS. And that you know, usually they tend to do this in like one episode where the Doctor finds himself and then he finds the TARDIS and the TARDIS is anew and they go off on their adventure. And that's kind of when the show really starts. And they kind of, it felt to me like they've spread that story into two episodes. And the show hasn't really started taking off. Now, next week's episode appears, like, I, I feel like the next episode should be the one where I am getting the sense of the show. Because and the, we should actually get some acting in the next episode, I'm guessing, too. Yes, the group's all together now. The Doctor has her TARDIS, and she's going to take them home, presumably in typical Doctor fashion. The TARDIS doesn't quite want to do that, and they end up... Wh- in women drivers. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> God, do you think somebody's going to make that comment? I'm sure somebody oh, will, yeah. like, forgetting yeah, that this yeah. has happened to every Doctor. Um, I I guess Bradley Walsh's character is going to make some reference to it actually oh my goodness well uh, I think the TARDIS is a female right yeah sort of so there you I mean there you go that's uh, all you need to know everybody Uh, (laughs) good lord Uh, I'm not looking for uh, you know I will say this the um, I'm not sure if the official number has come out yet or if the overnights are still because by the way, uh, we talked about the viewership for last week. I think we were talking about something like nine million viewers, and uh, yeah, that was those enough. are the overnights. And the final count is ten point nine million. That's solid. That's for very the solid. The first episode, uh, the overnights for the Ghost Monument were about seven point one million, which yeah is markedly lower. I'm sure that number will go up a little bit, but uh, looking back at like Peter Capaldi's run, except for the end. The end of Peter Capaldi's run, they dipped into like the five millions and stuff. Uh, Which is a shame because that's when it started to get better. Really good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, uh, Doctor Who seems to hover around that seven to eight million number. 
Yeah. Um, with the exception of the specials, yeah, that's right. With the exception of the specials, which usually tend to go much higher. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this it there was a it's to be expected that there's an audience drop off. Uh, that always happens after a big premiere for whatever reason. A bunch of people who wouldn't normally watch watch and then decide they're not going to watch anymore. <laughs> I don't know why this happens, but apparently it happens with every show ever. So there's oh, a... and with this, there's a good reason why the first episode of season eleven would get uh, mm-hmm. the, the the figures it got because I mean if you just add in the the hack journalists um, <laughs> who watched the first episode to write some hack journalism about it, yes, um, you know I don't know how many hack journalists there are, but it's pr- probably a fairly solid half a million at the book as it feels like there. I is. was going to say now in the days of the internet, every anyone can be a hack journalist, so. Absolutely. You don't even need to be. Uh, you don't even need to have a degree, apparently, now to do it. So no, it's just people like us. God help everyone. <laughs> yeah, just giving our hacky opinions uh, <laughs> about uh, about these shows. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess uh, any more uh, any more thoughts on the episode this week, Ben? If not, what would you give the Ghost Monument? Uh, not really any more thoughts on it. I quite enjoyed Art Malik being in it, by the way, just as a, an aside. He played... Um, Episode? Or was uh, he the, uh, the tent No, man? he's... Yeah, he's the, the guy in the holographic tent. Um, Ilin, is it? Something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm, I would say this... Uh, I'm going to say two and a half, and that's a benefit of the doubt score. Mm-hmm. I don't remember um, what I gave last week's episode. I should have gone back and listened. Uh, we we got into quarter points uh, last week. I, oh, I think uh, I maybe gave it, it like quarters? I think I maybe gave it three and a quarter. Oh, was it three and a quarter? Yeah, maybe I that think was I it. Gave to last week's episode. Um, yeah. This one, uh, I'd say maybe like a three. It, it felt fine to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty plain, fairly average. Not much happened. I mean, again, this whole episode was. Uh, just how do we get to the TARDIS mm. to show everyone the TARDIS? And that's kind of it. Uh, that was really just the episode. There wasn't m- much else to it. I mean, there there were some other scenes. There was the, uh, you know, the Epso and Angstrom scene, because this is supposed to be a race to the death. Uh, or or the winner wins, but the loser gets stranded on the planet to die. But the, the stakes are really high. You get, there's a huge prize and the, you know, they do the scene where they're like, why would you do this? And they explain their tragic lives, essentially. Like they have nothing left to lose. Although do you remember a single thing about their tragic lives now? Well, I do. I, I don't remember anything about Angstrom's life. I think maybe their family was just poor or something. Mm. I remember episodes because it was, particularly horrible because he told a story about his mom telling him to climb a tree and then to jump down and I'll catch you. And then she didn't catch him and he broke a bunch of bones and she's like, there, now you've learned your lesson. Don't trust anyone. I'm like, Oh wow. I will never doubt my parentage, uh, abilities <laughs> again. Uh, I, I couldn't do worse than Epso's mom. So I was, uh, I, I felt better as a parent after watching that, but, uh, you know, so there was that, and there's a, uh, and there is a scene with Graham and Ryan where they're, you know, he hasn't, Graham doesn't basically stop talking about Grace, and Ryan hasn't brought it up once. Yeah, he's holding it in. 
which is ultimately probably going to result in something. Something not that good. was actually that was a pretty good scene. It actually. was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why you're so perturbed by this series, uh, Ben. You I've were been so expected by Bradley Walsh. Yeah, you, you were so expecting Bradley Walsh to not be good well, in this. And but this been, is it. Is I was I was expecting J.D. Whittaker to be brilliant from from the start, and Bradley Walsh to be a train wreck. And at the minute, I mean, neither of them are quite at the extreme. But yeah. um, it is the other way around for me right now. Which I, as I said, yeah, it has. It's it has wrong footed me. I absolutely wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I, I mean, I also like him in this. Uh, I just sort of feel like uh, they're all just sort of there right now. But mm. then again, these again, like I, I've said it a bunch of times already. This episode just feels like another episode of putting your uh, checker pieces on the board. And the game hasn't started yet. Well, the uh, game definitely starts with this week's one. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it better. All the pieces are on the board now, so we better start moving them. Uh, so, okay, we've given the scores out. Uh, that means it's the end of the show. Uh, well, at least the end of this podcast. It's certainly not the end of Doctor Who. We joked about that, Ben, <laughs> but apparently the show is still going to keep uh, happening. It's it survived for one more week. It has. We'll see if it makes it past this next one. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for Who Made Who, hit subscribe, and then you can listen to us come back next week. Talk about Doctor Who Series 11. Episode 3, it's called Rosa.